0: and we discuss some of the most vital issues facing veterans today. Join us for this episode of Veteran Voices. Hey, good morning. Scott Luton and Kevin L. Jackson with you here on Veteran Voices. Welcome to today's show. Kevin, special guest co-host. How you doing, sir?
1: Hey, man. You know, this is one of the topics I really love doing with you, this uh, Veteran Voices. Thank you very much for having on board.
0: Absolutely. We got You know, I still, it reminds me, we still got to do a deep dive into your uh, time with the U.S. Navy.
1: Oh, I uh, don't and- want to bore people with that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd make you look too bad. I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, the Navy has the best pilots. We land on aircraft Oh, carriers. man. We fly in space. I mean, we do all the good stuff, man. You Air Force. Well, never mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so, so pleased that we the Air Force, we, we've got two representatives, myself and one of our special guests are strongly representing the U.S. Air Force here today. We've got the Army representative, of course, U.S. Navy, but we also, most importantly, have got two outstanding guests that we're going to be talking to uh, and diving into a lot of cool things they're doing to serve the veteran community and, and, and just doing good stuff, big things across the business landscape. So let's do this. Quick programming note, Kevin, before we get started here today. Mm-hmm. So this program is part of the Supply Chain Now Family of Programming. Proudly presented, serving our veteran community. You can find Veteran Voices wherever you get your podcast from. Subscribe for free. As we like to say, money-back guarantee uh, if you don't like any of the shows. Um, but our show is also conducted in partnership with our friends over at Vets2Industry.com. They're a nonprofit that are doing wonderful things for our veteran community. In fact, we got to get everyone here connected to vets 2 Industry. You can learn more about Brian Arrington and the whole team over there uh, at V2I at vets, the numeral two industry.com. Okay. Kevin, you ready to get going?
1: Yeah, let's get going, man. This is great.
0: All right. Let's bring in our two featured guests here today Jermaine Cohen, managing partner and co founder at Project Vet. Jermaine, how you doing? Fantastic. Thanks for having me. You bet. I already have enjoyed the conversation so far. We should have been recording a pre-show session, but you brought with you your partner, Rod Lee, partner and co-founder at Project Vet. How you doing, Rod? Doing well. Thank you, sir. Appreciate
2: y'all having us on.
0: You bet. Uh, and, and Rod, who we were talking earlier, is a fellow Air Force veteran. Jermaine is an Army veteran. And of course, Kevin is our Naval aviator uh, <laughs> with the U.S. Navy. So, all right, so let's start, let's start with you, Jermaine. Up, up front, you know, we want to talk, we want to talk about uh, some fun stuff, right, where you grew up, like some, some memories of those formative years. So where are you from, and, and tell us about it.
3: Born and raised in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Okay. Yeah, I grew up a family of three, really. Played a lot of sports growing up, baseball, was in the band, do a whole lot. I wasn't really a pretty mild-mannered kid. I didn't do a whole lot. What, one day I came home from baseball practice my senior year in high school and there was an army recruiter at my house. <laughs> <laughs> I was so the like, wool was dyed. Oh. I mean, it was already dyed the wool at that
0: point.
1: Talking you early. <laughs> oh, real early.
0: I, that, that, was, that was pretty much all too early after
1: that.
3: I, I signed up shortly after. I was gone.
0: So sports in high school, What, what was baseball your strongest sport? Baseball
3: was my thing. I was probably better at football, considering I actually walked on to play football at Texas State uh, when I was years older, like when I was 25, right? But I I didn't play football. Impressive. My friends didn't play football. My friends were in the Martian band.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) With all the girls, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Band camp, band trips.
0: (laughs) So one other question. So sports aside, and it sounds like you're a music lover. What else? And and by the way, i I was born and raised essentially in Aiken, South Carolina. So just up the road or down the road from the Upstate. There, what what else did you really were you passionate about? You know, in your earlier years.
3: In my earlier years, I, I was really passionate about music, and and definitely uh, spending time with my family. Uh, we we had we did a lot of stuff together. Like I, I had a I had a, a large extended family growing up, and that was back in the days where. You know, people grew up and they didn't move away. Right. So I knew all my cousins. <laughs> and now as an adult, you know, I don't know any of
1: them anymore. <laughs> I enjoyed those days.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. We we, have we family
1: had, is everything, man.
0: That's right. I had some big, big reunions as a kid and, and loved the big football games and everything else we did. So I'm with you. All right. So, Rod, let's talk about. Uh, your upbringing a bit. We learned just a moment ago before we went live that you're you're from Texas. So tell us about where you were born and raised, and some of the things that that you love to do as a
2: kid. So it's pretty much the same story as Jermaine, except you know Texas is football. <laughs> so lived a little different. Um, I was born in West Texas, Midland to be exact. So Friday Night Lights was you know my my real life. I saw I knew some of those guys growing up. Moved to Fort Worth, which I is where I live now. Most of my dad's family is here to this day. You know, I am I live right down the street from my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother now lives right down the street from me. So family is everything. But for the most part, grew up playing sports. Both of my parents are uh, college athletes. That's how they met. You know, my birth kind of stopped my mother's college <laughs> career. Uh, she sure, blames
1: you for that, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, a bit. but you know now it's it's really been a focus on helping the community and, and a lot of that comes from my mother she is a newly elected constable in a precinct out here so she's all about giving back to the community uh, that's kind of what she's preached my whole life I joined the military because of my uncle her youngest brother he and his wife are retired army so my First interaction with a recruiter was taking the ASVAB for the Army. I wanted to become a tank mechanic. Mm. My uncle told me you're too smart for that. Go to the Air Force.
3: <laughs> so that's, that's
2: kind of what led me to the Air Force. I actually then took the went back, talked to the Navy first because I was really interested in. In I couldn't swim. I yeah. didn't grow up swimming. My dad was a light guard, but I didn't grow up swimming. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get in the Navy. You know, work myself out. Uh, it was like Air air Force. That's <laughs> some it's horrible, app- horrible app- memories coming, so, in the Navy. Uh, <laughs> can't say he steered me wrong, to tell you the uh, truth. I, I, I you know, hot bunking it doesn't sound too... Uh, I, I, I am glad with my choice, uh, and I thank him for that. Also there aren't
0: many aqua rocks in the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, so, uh, Jermaine, I want to circle right back because one final question before I pass the baton to Kevin here. You kind of – you spoke to maybe the cause of what got you in the Army was that recruiter at, in your house at an early age. <laughs> but what was what was your why? What, what, <clears throat> what made you ultimately fi- sign the dotted line and join?
3: So, it, it was, there a uh, several things going on. So, my oldest brother, uh, rest in peace, he was a Marine. Uh, yeah. I always looked up to him. Don't ask me why I didn't go inside. He just the time he was, in Japan, I, 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 and I and I couldn't talk to him. you know I wanted that autonomy. Like I, I knew that my parents didn't have a whole lot of money. My, my dad had a stroke my senior year in high school, so I mean things were going downhill. My sister was mm-hmm. in college, and it was kind of my you know that was my step into into manhood. Right, I could go out, and take care of myself, and I didn't have to depend on my parents so much. So that that's really what it all came down to, and. I have to add this.
1: They they offered me money,
0: and they told me they'd pay for my
1: college. <laughs> that was a huge part of it. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I appreciate you sharing that. And what was your brother's name? Uh, Lee Cohen. Lee Cohen. All right. Rest in peace. Hate to hear that. So, But thanks for sharing uh, to you both. All right. So, Kevin, uh, on a much lighter note, where are we going next?
1: Well, actually, I was very interested about what you did while you were in the, mili- in the military, your branch or your, your MOS. Rodney, what— you know, what did you do? Uh, you didn't want to do tanks, so <laughs> what did you become? Ordnance man? What?
2: <laughs> so, uh, oddly enough, shortly after you know I took the ASVAB, I actually got into a, a private school, uh, mm-hmm. college, Fort Worth. So I kind of delayed that for a bit. But I had friends that were joining the Air Force, just as my uncle right. had told me. One of them became an avionics technician. He was like, you know, I love it. We get to work on the aircraft without being on the mm-hmm. flight line. It takes a lot of high technical expertise. I've always been a technical guy. So that kind of led me down that road. I, I like to put together computers when I was younger, you know, take things apart, put them back together. So that's that's exactly what I, I went to do. I went to become a uh, aeronautics engineer. Most people call it a right. technician <laughs> but because I was on the F-15 and F-16 side. And then from there, after doing that for about eight years, they were phasing out our job at Tyndall Air Force Base, Florida. So I had a decision, you know, what could I go and do? I really wanted to go to Germany. My job just wasn't going there. So I decided to become education and mm-hmm. training manager. I had just got my bachelor's degree from Emory Riddle. So I was like, well, let's, let's try this out, see if I can go get deployed overseas. Uh, go to I'd been to Japan, wanted to go to Germany or back to Japan. So that was kind of my thought. And then they sent me up the road from Florida to Georgia. (laughs) I got stuck there for a couple years doing the same thing. And then so I left active duty and became a guardsman here in Fort Worth and and did uh, training again for another two years.
1: So you you, uh, went through quite a few uh, changes there. How about about you, uh, Jermaine? Did you, uh, you know, how did you pound that ground? So (laughs) it's, it's funny you ask because,
3: you know, initially... I just wanted to do two years and get out. Yeah, gonna, you know the easiest way to do that is obviously you know, 11, 11 bang bang, right? Eleven, Bravo, eleven, Charlie, mortars. Mm-hmm. That, and I talked to my best friend. His his is that Joe, in the army. Oh, drunk. Oh, okay. He told me he said, "Hey, he's like I, I don't want to vent you to do anything you want to do. He was like, just kind of just, he said, you know, think about what you can do when you get out." And he said he told me the longer the training. More technical it is, more you more valuable it is when you get out. So, oh yeah, I chose this job, and I remember the recruiter. He was like, "I said, well, what is this?" and he couldn't explain it to me. But it was 28 weeks of training, which is about eight or nine months, and it was a radio concept that prepared. Oh, well, okay. I went to the Fourth Infantry Division, and it had force, It was Force 21. We had all the new equipment for the army, mm-hmm. so I couldn't work on any radio. <laughs> so we or, or anything, any comsec, nothing, because it was all under contract. No Defense suppliers. So I ended up becoming almost like a SME in my view and I learned how to use C2 and MTS, and I started training people. And that was really that was what I did. And mm-hmm. you know, when we got deployed, you know, they forgot to mention that you know we they forgot to mention all the convoys and stuff. Turned the first. The first tour that we were going but um you know I, I it was a it was a great experience um you know I, I i learned a lot while i was there um you know we lost one guy uh, rest in peace uh named daniel caldwell always uh, mention his name he was the first guy to die uh, on camp caldwell they named the, the base after him
1: so. mm. um
3: but yeah I, that was that was it i, I did i is considered ordinance but a
1: lot of mm-hmm. So I mean, sometimes, like I know there there are quite a few lessons I learned uh, in the military from you know people that I followed, uh, my my commanders, my my leaders. What what steps out in your mind? You know, were any leaders or people that really you know made you who you are? So Andre Canny oh okay yeah
3: he he i saw first class canny uh he was my ncoic in the army and i actually ended up working for him as a contractor afterwards but he was the he's probably the best leader i've ever had he was representative of all the values that the army held to a high standard right and it, it wasn't an act it was just who he was he was fair like he did the right thing and he he worked like no other and so i getting out of the army and being in, working for him, is where I learned everything I can learn about you know, Just even being a man, you know, I was a 19 year old kid. Right. When I first got there, he said, Jermaine, or, excuse me, Rodney Cohen, uh, most of these guys, they're not gonna go to school or, or do whatever. He just, he kind of, he directed me in the right
1: direction. He molded you, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. great guy. Great guy. So who made you, Rodney?
2: <laughs> uh, well, that would be Kevin and Sandra Lee, but, uh, <laughs> who made me in the military. I'd probably say from an early, um, like I said, my, my first duty station was Okinawa, mm-hmm. Japan. So when I got in there, you know, we were in the height of uh, OIF and early
1: some time there.
2: Yeah, it was it was a uh, you know, kind of it was a culture shock for me. Like Jermaine, I had a long tech school uh, and and that tech school was spent in mm. Texas. So I went from basic training in San Antonio. They drove me across the street to go to my first tech school. They drove me, uh, or I drove myself up seven hours to effort. Wichita Falls. So I was never far away from home, right? And then, so they shipped me over to Japan. That's my first time being away, away. And so, you know, Robert Sumlin, he was one of my chiefs there. Colonel Land got a lot of colonels that I, I could name that kind of uh, because I worked close with a lot of the right. squadrons. I was kind of one of the young NCOs that people came to for information. And they just helped me understand, you know, what I was doing it for and and why you should always give 110%. You know, I, I never really, and Jermaine can attest to this, if somebody asked me to get <laughs> stuff done, it's going to get done. And it's, oh, it's due no. to them, you know, you never had to ask them twice, they were going to knock it out, uh, out of the park. And that's why I really liked working for those guys. So, and and also Derek Lewis, he was at my last duty station and more than anything, he taught me how to live outside of, of the military. So I was, I was in Georgia by myself for the first year waiting for my family to come up. And I spent a lot of time just kind of following Mm -hmm. him. He was, uh, uh, outside of the military, he coached his son, uh, in football and, I watched his interactions with his kids. He was, you know, top notch guy right, on right. and off base. Uh, and now his son is playing at, at Texas Tech. So it's just it's great to see somebody put that much work and effort into their children and watching them grow as well as in their professional career. Well, so those are guys. Well,
1: you're that- working with F-15 Eagles. I mean, that's a that's an awesome uh, airframe. So what? I mean, that in and of itself could be, uh, I could see as a a great accomplishment. I mean, the F-15 is the only plane that actually shot down a satellite with a missile, right? So what are your your accomplishments that you're really proud of?
2: So while I was in Tyndall, which Tyndall is a training base, so most of the F-15 pilots, well, all of the F-15 pilots come from Tyndall to get their certification. Yeah, I went
1: through training Uh, in Pensacola right down the street.
2: Right, and I actually graduated out of that that Naval Air Station, so it was (laughs) place. And so I, I did actually go back and forth between those two uh locations and and I learned a lot about how different bases operate. So you have your operational base down the street mm-hmm. in Eglin um, and your training base at Tyndall. So my biggest accomplishment I would say I, I got technician of the year for our MAGCOM and, and that was due to a lot of work between bases. Right. So we were having a lot of uh fails on a specific radar receiver. I was learning a lot from a diff from a lot of different people on how to properly troubleshoot and maintain aircraft. And I think had it not been for that interaction between multiple sites, multiple bases, understanding cross talk, and how you can come together and solve a problem mm-hmm. as a group, you know, I-, I think that's helped me now in my, in my career and in Project Vet. You know, depending on partners, depending on outside resources, and not putting everything on yourself, allowing others to have accountability in things that you do.
1: That's really important in life. And I think we want to talk about your transition. But before we do that, Jermaine, what, what was your biggest accomplishment? I mean, Force 21, when I was in the military, that was really driving a lot of decisions at, at the higher level. So, you know, what are you really proud of while you were in the military?
3: I guess to that point of Force 21 is that whole integration process. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a pretty big part in my unit training a lot with my warrant officer uh, and learning how to use the FCB2, the MTS, and helping train the units. I mean, we supported, our shop supported the entire day, you know, which, you know, 110 cab. I mean, there's a lot of right. some, like, Bradleys, tanks. And so that was, to me, that was a big accomplishment. We did a lot with our small little teams. I'm, I'm actually very
1: proud of that. Well, yeah, leading uh, the military and two uh it's advanced technology that we just take for granted today. I'll I, I, I remember that.
0: Agreed. All right. So I'm, I'm a huge, I don't know if y'all are, but I'm a huge uh, military aircraft nerd. And F, when you mentioned F-15, Kevin, a gorgeous aircraft. Oh, yeah. uh, I, was, I was at Shaw Air Force Base where we had three F-16 squadrons and one A-10 squadron back in the day, my first stint. And I'll never forget uh, demos. If y'all remember demos when they fly over the flight line, and mm-hmm. Shaw was a pretty small base. I mean, it was, you know, when you're eating at the chow hall, you weren't far from the from from the uh, the um, the ramp and all. Mm-hmm. And man, I remember in my car eating my sandwich from my, that styrofoam box, listening to, you know, sports radio or something. And the and the pilot would kick in, uh, Kevin, whatever y'all do as pilots, and it hit, it'd be a huge <laughs> boom and a roar. Yeah. And it's tough to even describe to people that that haven't heard just the, the fountain the the fury of military yeah. power and going
1: go an afterburner yeah yes absolutely
0: and they're they're uh, if I understand it correctly they're remanufacturing new F-15 platforms I believe yeah. Kevin gorgeous gorgeous aircraft all right so let's talk about transition appreciate what y'all have shared already it's always tough to do these conversations justice in an hour or so, but let's talk about transition because we want, we're going to talk about project vet in a minute and great things you are doing across the veteran community there, but transition, we get a ton of questions and we talked about pre-show, you know, when I got out in O2 and really since as I've interacted with, with, well, I mean, Heck, I couldn't find a job, right? And I, and I wasn't a combat veteran, you know? I didn't have th- some of those challenges. I had a four-year degree, uh, broad, much like you, but I, but I was enlisted, you know? And I had a I had a strong, you know, friends and fa- family network. I didn't know how to get a job, but, you know, that, that's okay. That's, that's that's on a long list of things I didn't know back back then. But I couldn't find. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what to do. Didn't know how to use recruiters. Had no professional network. And really – a lot of those elements have been very commonplace in the thousands of conversations we've had with veterans since. So I want to talk to y'all about your transition first, and then also want y'all both to give some advice to our listeners for their own transition, whether they're about to get out, already out, or if they're kind of entering the professional space and want to figure out how to to move up. So Jermaine, let's start with you. Let's talk about your transition out of the Army, and then we'll circle back on best practices.
3: Absolutely. And so I got out in 2004 when I came back from Iraq uh, in November of 2004, and you know, when you're young, probably 22, 23, you're really just ready to go, right? ACAM, sent my book so I can get out of here, I don't hit the door running, and there are likely resources that either are there or you don't know about or you don't really care about at that age, And and I'm sure i passed up a lot, but... I kind of just started carving out my own path. I got a job very quickly uh, as a security guard at Fort Hood. I started continuing my education. That was the main thing for me, because you know I wanted a degree. I wanted to be a teacher and all this other stuff. But there wasn't a lot of direction. I know I mentioned before that I worked for my NCOIC. I ended up going to to Kuwait to work as a contractor. And I guess to clear up what I said earlier, like I. When I said I said that he said these other guys, well, what he meant was that I, I volunteered to go back to school. What I was trying
1: to say. Gotcha.
3: I bought I, I volunteered it because it was free, like tuition assistance, and they right. they told me you know they would let me go. We work a little bit early to take classes, but I wouldn't work overseas for a while, and then I came back and went back to college, Texas State. That was kind of the path, but it wasn't. I still was kind of in limbo all these years. Like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do or how to do. I was kind of just wondering. Like, I went to college for something that I didn't really want to do. I don't mm-hmm. use that degree to this day. It wasn't until 2017 when I went back to school at UT, uh, the same program that Ronnie was in, was, uh, MSTC at, at mm-hmm. homes that's when I realized, like, hey, like, this is more in line with what I want to do. I, I have entrepreneurial spirit and I want to be that I wanted to be involved in that world I I didn't know exactly where I fit in but um it's kind of how all of this came about is you know Ronnie and I we became friends in 2014 working for an aviation company and you know we just kind of grew from there and here we are today we found a project
0: I love that Um, there's so many elements of that so many folks I think never find that passion in their life. Right. And, and they just, they clock in and clock out every day. They don't, they don't maybe know any better.
1: Yeah. Passion. Um, your passion is your life. If you don't find it, you just get lost.
0: Amen. Amen. So Jermaine, I love that. One more follow up before I move over to Rod, do you think, um, so what I've picked up, you know, I got out, as I mentioned, in O2, so it's been a long time. Uh, and as, as i talked with people that got out when I got out, and then, of course, all the points in between. And then here recently, it seems like the services in general have gotten a lot better about how they prep, you know, airmen and, and seamen, uh, seamen and, and soldiers getting the Marines getting out. But did you was it, did you get a, a mix of good prep and, and not so good prep as you were getting out of the Army? Back, back,
3: back then, it's kind of... A- you know, I remember seeing the transition in CEO. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you're not staying in, and this is just not throwing anybody under the right. bus. If you're not staying in, they're kind of just like, okay, he's getting out. There's no point in doing anything for this guy anymore. And that's kind of how you know that's kind of how it felt.
1: Mm-hmm. It may right.
3: not have actually been that. Way, but it was like, all right, this guy's getting out. Okay, uh, let him go. Yeah. So, but there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of.
0: Yep. and that, So that was a four. That's right. So I, I'm thinking, I was thinking when you, when you, when 2017, you founded the company, which we'll touch on in a second, but uh, uh well, the good, the good news there is, it seems like at least my Air Force buddies I, I speak to, it seems like they've gotten a lot better, whether you're staying in or you're transitioning out and separating that they've, you know, they're, they're preparing folks better for the gap we all have as we're serving and, and trying to tackle the private sector. All right, so Rod, let's move over to you. Let's talk about your transition. I'm going to circle back to both of y'all about advice. As you share your transition stories, our listeners are going to probably pick up advice regardless, but we're going to circle back and get y'all really spelled out. So Rod, tell us about your transition.
2: Well, so as I mentioned, I left the active duty Air Force to go to the, then it was reserves, and I was kind of already thinking full-time reserves. So I was transitioning to Texas. My original plan was to go to Arizona, become a reservist there. That didn't pan out. Then I went to Houston, was going to work at the resiliency wing. So that's what I did my last two years in the Air Force. I actually worked with JSTARS, E8 wing, surveillance wing, awesome yeah. uh, guys out there. And I really wanted to stay in that, that operations field. They told me that I was non-deployable, so I couldn't be with the Reservist Wing, but the, or, or the Resiliency Wing, sorry. Uh, so the Reservist didn't take me, but the Air National Guard did. But I was going to have to be a traditional Guardsman. So I went from thinking I'm still going to be a full-time Airman to, you know, what do I do now? Hmm. I had just tried to get commissioned. As I stated, I was, I was trying to get overseas, but that wasn't working. I just... Uh, literally graduated from with an MBA in January of that year. So it was May timeframe. Uh, and I was like, well, you know, I, I got my MBA because I wanted to have my own business. I had been tinkering around with some things. They didn't really pan out, but now being a traditional guardsman, that was kind of what I needed to focus on. Kept running into to hurdles. Uh, as Jermaine mentioned, I started working with this aviation company. Jermaine and I kind of clicked. That was my first trip to Canada. Uh, we shared some uh, shared some time up there, and
1: uh,
2: yeah, where, where do we go? Montreal, Montreal, we go. Oh,
1: Montreal. yeah, beautiful. Saw, all the
2: Roxbury, it was, it was a great. Uh, great trip. <laughs> um, so he, he and I just kind of stayed in contact. I went to a couple different aviation companies, and then I actually started working for a, a aviation software company out of Canada. So then I was going to Canada every other week. There. I kind of learned how to run a business Mm -hmm. being a product manager. So from start to finish, you kind of own this vision. And what I was doing was trying to figure out the best way to keep maintenance going within different sectors of the the globe. So I worked with uh, Saab out of Sweden. I worked with BAE out of the UK. I was working with the Canadian Air Force. And I was trying to figure out the best way for them to transition from you know, a local maintenance program into a global maintenance program. And that got my mm-hmm. years thinking about okay, if I can build this thing, create something, and make sure that these different entities are able to use it, why can't I do that with my own, my own thing? Right. So that, oh, yeah. that's where Jermaine and I, we started talking. I end up going to uh, MSTC as he mentioned, which is a, a technological commercialization. They figure, they teach you how to become an entrepreneur. And and that's really when things started clicking. Jermaine went the next year. I graduated in 17, he graduated in 18. And then we kept trying to figure out ways to become business partners. And, you know, last year it it finally clicked. Things that we love to do, you know, help veterans and and the communities that we are a part of. So.
0: Love it. You figure out how to deal with change. That's what's important.
2: Resiliency Mm -hmm. all day. Yeah. Mm Hmm.
0: So, and we're going to talk about project vet here in a second. Uh, I want to circle back one more time. If you had one or two things to share with veterans, again, whether they're, whether they're about to get out. And if you're doing what I did, you wait till uh, you're already out to start looking for a job. That was one of my <laughs> mistakes. Or if they're, if they're out they're in transition already, or if they're again, if they're, if they're you know in industry, maybe get landed their first job and trying to figure out how to, Advance and, and make connections and build a network and whatnot. So, what's one or two pieces of advice, Jermaine, that you'd offer those folks?
3: First is a USO Pathfinder uh, program. Oh, this is I, I I actually had a call within the school because I'm you know I was inspired by them. What they do is essentially they assign you a scout and the scout actually puts together somewhat of a I won't say a roadmap but to suit it to your needs or what you want to do. And they have the connections to do it within your region. So whether it's education, employment, all types of, there's so many different resources out there, but the problem is, is well, it's not, I'll say it's a problem, but you know, everyone can't market all their services on national media, right? But as I'm going through these, you know, these companies, they're just connecting me with more and more people that are doing all these things and they're all free resources for veterans, but people just don't know about them. So, you know, reach out to the USO Pathfinder program. I think that that's a, a good start, right? And that'll actually spiderweb out to a lot of other resources that will actually get them to place where they are.
0: Wonderful. USO Pathfinder. We'll see if we can't find a link and put that in the show notes. Appreciate you sharing that. And and Absolutely. by the way, a little plug for our nonprofit partner. They, they do similar things. So vets to industry, they'll vet, you know, there's a plethora of real resources and then some not so real resources out there that, that tout their service of veterans. And and uh, they do a good job of vetting that and then adding or, uh, kind of maintaining a library of resources of those folks they vetted at vets2industry.com. So it sounds like USO Pathfinders is, is similar. And of course, everyone knows USO, right? I uh, love love those folks. All right. So
2: Rod, let's talk about what's that one or two key pieces of advice that you'd offer the same folks? I would say what both of you kind of mentioned, building that network, knowing what resources are out there, probably three to four months before you get out, give yourself some you know runway so that you can hit the ground running Literally, because that's probably what you'll be doing, running from interview to interview, trying to figure out what it is that you want to do and who you want to do it with. Uh, So I think building that network, going on LinkedIn, making sure you have the right connections, making sure you're part of the right communities, doing outreach to your Veterans Commission. So whatever local Veterans Commission you can reach out to, uh, I'd advise doing that as well as Department of Labor and, and things of that nature. Understanding how to articulate what it is that you did while you were in the military and convert that into civilian terms. I think that's another key piece. Love that.
1: Yeah. You mentioned uh, network, something that when you're in the military, you don't realize how powerful a network is and how much you really need it when you, when you leave uh, the military. And you got to think about that before you leave things like LinkedIn and stuff. So, you know, people that you meet in the military become your business network when you leave. So you you just got to build and maintain that that network.
0: Excellent point. Uh, Excellent point. And I I believe uh, Kevin LinkedIn has made it free at least for a year, I believe uh, for veterans to use the enhanced product, which was a nice move by I guess the folks over at Microsoft. So, but uh, Kevin, so before we move on to project vet, which I'm I'm looking forward to hearing about, What's one one other key thing that maybe we didn't hear here 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 yet that folks transitioning should keep on the radar, Kevin?
1: Well, actually the the fact that everything is constantly changing. And you have to leverage these technologies, these communications technologies, you know, like social media. People say social media is just something to play with, but really it's a communications technology. And and over the past year with the the epidemic, uh, pandemic, I guess, online communication. We were just talking before about, you know, one, you're using Zoom, then you're using WebEx, then you're using Teams, then you're, you know, you know, you, you have to know how to present yourself and communicate electronically. So you know, having a camera and being able to deal with these uh, co- collaboration technologies, and having a good microphone and headset—all of that—is really part business life today. And when you're in the military, you don't, you may not recognize that, and that's that's a critical learning skill for business today. So, uh, you know, as part of your transition, learn how to use these tools, and be proficient with them.
0: Excellent points there. And, and I would just add one more that uh, we've mentioned before. And I've really enjoyed, of course, the supply chain space, right? Uh, beyond a military aircraft nerd, I'm a big supply chain nerd too. And there's a there's a lot of associations, professional associations that serve that space. And many of them offer free or, or highly discounted memberships to, to veterans. And that's a great way, especially if you start, you know, a year out. And if you know you're getting out or know you're retiring or separating, you know, year out kind of work backwards, identify what you want to do, find the influential associations that serve that space. And then first see if they offer discounts for veterans and military members, but then get in their network and add those members to your network and, and piece together kind of how they made it to where they are. Yeah. I wish I'd done that looking back, but Hey, <laughs> I <laughs> all right. So now we're going to get to the cleanup hitter portion of today's podcast. I've really enjoyed learning from Kevin, and, tra- and, and tracking you on social the great things that you are doing at Project Vet. i just saw earlier on LinkedIn and th- this will, and I'm not, I'm not even listening to my own advice. I'm dating this stuff, guys.
1: <laughs>
0: y'all, y'all have got a culmination of a wonderful tournament uh, that, that's going to already have taken place by the time this publishes. But let's start with you, uh, Jermaine. Tell us about Project Vet. And let's start with why you, why y'all founded the organization first.
3: So, it kind of goes back to what we talked about uh, earlier in the conversation. Um, you know, when I got out of the military, you know there there, I, there wasn't a lot of guidance or direction, um, or at least I didn't know where to find it. And, and that was kind of, you know, it was really pre-social media days too. So it wasn't like, you know, I could pull out a smartphone and be on Facebook or whatever. It was just right. wherever I could get information. And so... You know, kind of just thinking about all of that, where me and Rodney were in our lives. You know, I'm I'm turning 40. Uh, I spent all these years working in these jobs that I really like. I could have done without, right? Like, if I really mm, really get down to the meat and potatoes, um, I probably shouldn't have worked at a lot of places I worked at. But uh, you know, you gotta someone's gotta pay the light for. And so we started kind of brainstorming, and we met Kevin along that process. Um, I, I've dealt with mental illness the majority, all of my adult life, but even my childhood. Right? There's, you know, it's a lot of it goes hand in hand. And, you know, finding resources for that has always been grounded, especially when you're you know, in the military. When we got that. Now with the commo guys, like, oh, this guy, what did you do? There's, there's all these, these things and stigmas, and you kind of just shy away. You don't go get help. And what happens is years later, when you're alone or single man or whatever, you can you can take off for a weekend and get your mind right. I can drive as far as I want to, no responsibility. But when you have a family, that no longer works. Anymore. And what happens is, yeah. you know, you don't want that to bleed over to your children, your spouse, and, and so. <laughs> Project Vet to me, like that was a big part. Of it. It's like, hey, we need to figure out know, a way to connect these veterans, have these communities, because especially now during this pandemic, where everyone's at home all the time, especially guys who are alone, you know, domestic violence rates are going up. There's so many things that are happening. It's like, how do we provide it? How do we provide a platform to where we can bring more people together as a community? And we started brainstorming these different initiatives. Kevin, you know, he reached out. It's like, hey, what about you know, gaming. And I had done some research from Johns Hopkins. They did some research on the effects of mental health and game, right? On how for veterans, these things did act like you, you go play with your friends. And it's just talking, camaraderie. Because when you're a veteran, the thing that I miss the most is the camaraderie. That's <laughs> like my battle yes. book. The guys that I right. that I live with right. every day. It's that network. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we, we wanted to be involved with that. We want to be the guys who help guys transitioning. We wanted to have these resources and initiatives to kind of be that type of platform. And that's what, essentially, that's what we're doing. So, and I don't want to run over Ronnie's time or anything like that, but I just wanted to outline a few of the initiatives that we're working on now to kind of give you guys an idea. And so the video games for vets, that is ongoing online gaming tournament. It's, done through an, an, an app that a company we partnered with called Pool. The guys can go in and register at any time and play, and they can collect points and convert those into tokens through our platform. The beauty of all of this is the tournament that we're running, we're actually going to issue the prize money in USD coin. So we pride ourselves on being forward-thinking with technology as well, because, you know, technology commercialization, <laughs> like that's what we did. Like, we yeah. want to be we want to be out in the front in the front of things when it comes to technology. So there's so many things we have going on. I think we're in a good position there. We partnered with a another company that actually does emotional emotional support animals, which are the eagle dogs we have. And you know, if, if anyone of you guys know anyone who has a service dog animal, you know that takes an average of three years mostly to get service. To. Wow, we can do that.
0: Three years on a wait Absolutely.
3: list to get a service. Absolutely. Man. And, you know, we, we can do it. These emotional support animals, and these dogs are heroes because they save other dogs. They're beagle dogs. They, they, they freeze their, their blood platelets, and these dogs save dogs around the world. But when they reach, right. their, reach their capacity, um, you know, they have to retire them, and they need homes. And who better than, you know, some veterans out there who may want a, a pet or, or, or a companion, right? So there's, there's that aspect right there. We also help with VA claims through one of our partners as well, and and lastly, I'll, I'll just end with this. I don't want to run over on time, but our our main cornerstone is being able to provide a platform that allows transitioning veterans to learn how to start business, to start a business, to learn what it's like to work, you know, in a startup. Um, where I, I mentioned before, the USO Pathfinder program, that had a lot of the inspiration into what me and Rodney started brainstorming about. because our background with University of Texas, MSTC, has everything to do with that. And we know that people who are getting out, a lot of people want to work for themselves, but they don't really know how. Like, I, I didn't know how. Like, you know, I, 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 I messed up so many things. Even now, well, Roddy, Roddy's my man. Yeah,
0: we all did, oh, right? We all do. He's my,
3: <laughs> Still do. Roddy's my rock. I got, I messed up so much <laughs> stuff, but, you know, he's he's just on top of it. But, you know, we're learning as we go. And uh, so, so, yeah, that's in a nutshell, you know, we're a company out here. We're trying to help as many veterans, as whether it's transitioning out of the military, whether it's uh, mental health, some of the partners like the Warriors Resource Institute, the Cohen Veterans Network, we partner with all those guys to, to, have, to be resources for those veterans. And that's how we want to
1: grow. Yeah, know, one, one thing I just wanted to highlight in case people, the audience missed. You said that people could get on and play online games Yes. and get real money. You said tokens, but that's... All right. Money. All
3: right, so let, let, let me, let, let, me let, let me let me let me be clear. So, it's it's not real. <laughs> so, <laughs> but what, so the prize money is real because the USD coin. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, the, the prize about. money is real. USD coin is backed by the US dollar. That's that's the stable coin. However, through the Project Vet store, um, we have our own tokens, Project Vet coin, which can be okay. converted. Uh, from points from playing the video games to you know win or excuse me buy or redeem you know some of our merch from our store hoodies shirts t-shirts things of that nature.
1: So so that really can uh, support you and help you grow and help you partner and support the bets and transitions. Absolutely. Because you know because you know uh, you need to get those gamers. They get addicted. And That's that's good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing for a good cause. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, well, and i've seen some studies uh I, I wish i had had them here right on my fingertips here but i've seen studies where that sense of community and and connection and connectivity that you know some folks get it by going to a local coffee shop during normal times of course some folks get it by going to church some folks get it in the video game community right mm. uh so it, and and we're all different strokes for different folks some folks get it through all those and, and then some before rod before i get to weigh in on some of what Jermaine has shared and Kevin has shared about Project Vet, I think it's really important uh, that, Jermaine, what you said earlier well, about halfway through about mental health. Mental health is not a bad word. It should not be stigmatized. We all have mental health, whether we want to embrace it or not. And, and to your point, Jermaine, I think one of the challenges that, that at least I've seen, not, not throwing stones or anything, but, you know, we don't want to admit when something is just not right. And, and unfortunately, it leads to a lot of folks not getting some of the help they need, whether it's a, a small, some small issues or challenges or, or mental health, things that, you know, they want to address or that they, they need to address or some of the bigger challenges. So I think that's really an important message folks should should pick up on and embrace. Now, so I appreciate you bringing it up.
1: Yeah. And I think it's really important also because the military as a culture teaches people to be strong and, and not to ask for help. And if you, you know, have a, um, a mental health or you need help with that, they people won't ask. And it gets even harder if you're leaving the military and you're transitioning, because now you feel that you've somehow let yourself down if you go ask for help. So. So Project Vet is really filling a a critical role. These are people that know the military culture, know what it means to transition. And you can really help someone um, understand that, you know, if you need help,
0: get help and don't be afraid to ask. Love that. Love that, Kevin. Great point. All right. So, Rod. Let's you know, based on what you heard, I really appreciate Jermaine's point, you know, kind of the story of y'all's founding and and connecting and then founding and then the point by point, some of the program
2: and and initiatives y'all driving. What else would you add to the project vet discussion? Well, I want to go back and, and talk about something Kevin just mentioned. throughout my time in the military, you know, I had a good 10 years, I would say, where things were kind of sporadic you know, you move around a lot. And I think that's also what kind of got me in the entrepreneurial mindset is that I can't stay in one job doing something for, you know, a very long time because the military always has you moving. Whether you keep the same job or not, you're kind of always transitioning. And so that's what my continuous career was, was just a continuous transition. In 2012, the U.S. Air Force um, started something for the first term airman's course, which they, we call it f which is right. called resiliency training. And this was based on, you know, recognizing mental health, especially for those new um, airmen that were coming to base, being away from family for the first time, trying to figure out how to maneuver, whether you're a, a young airman or you're a young lieutenant. I think it's it's a culture shock, right? It's it's something new and, The military does tend to, you know, I don't want to say sweep it under the rug, but not pay as much attention to it. And they kind of leave it on you. And that's something that I wanted to bring uh, to Project Vet, not putting it on that person and not having them deal with their mental health alone, but bringing that Mm -hmm. community together where we could have discussions, even something like we're doing right now in the Zoom call, talking about our military careers, just sharing stories, you know, positive or negative. It's something that we can connect on. And it's something that, you know, makes you feel like I'm okay. These guys, you know, they experienced the same thing I did. I'm okay. So that's one of the, the best things I think we've done so far as this tournament and focusing on mental health, connecting with the Cohen Veterans Network. Uh, something else we have big that was supposed to start this year but it'll start next season is we at we've actually partnered with the NBA G league team out of Dallas. So they're nice the Texas legends. And what they're going to do for us is they're going to allow a hundred veterans and their families come with them to games. So they'll have free seats at home games, just showing support for veterans, mental health and otherwise. Uh, so that's, that was another big initiative that we wanted to, you know, hit the ground running with was, Letting the local community uh, show support to veterans and and keep those things moving throughout the year, and not just focusing on what uh, mental health month or things of that nature, because it's oh. it's it's continuous, right? We talk about the, uh, right. the 22 veterans that commit suicide a day. You know, the it, up. It, it's it's yeah, the numbers up. You know, especially during this yeah, yeah. this pandemic. And uh, you know, I've worked from home for about six years now. And sometimes I can get stir crazy. I traveled a lot when I was doing the the thing with the the Canadians, you know, they had me all over Europe in the coldest months of the year. then I got to come back Mm -hmm. to Texas and sweat it off in the summer. But, you know, being on the road all the time and not being able to see family that did wear on me. So I may not have got the the PTSD from, you know, being out in the, uh, in the desert, my deployments were Actually, pretty fine uh, for the most part. So, um, not to brag, but that's another Air Force perk. <laughs> um, so, coming back was it was still you know hard to be away from family, but we weren't doing it uh, long term as as some of our other brothers and sisters in, in arms uh, were doing. So, most of mine was just traveling. Everything wearing down on me, and you know I went to a lot of folks for support. I have a a great support system with a lot of veterans. Um, whether I met them at at UT, and that's the the tower that you see behind me, I met a lot of great veterans through that program, uh, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines. And a lot of them were still in trying to figure out their next moves. And that was, you know, the thing that that Jermaine and I talk about is, you know, what programs are out there that really do these things? What can we do to help these guys that are coming out, don't really know their path? They're they're trying to... they may have an idea of what they'd like to continue doing, but they don't know who they wanna do it with. They don't know if they necessarily wanna go work for someone. So we've actually applied through a DOD Skill Bridge to become one of these companies that as members are transitioning out of the military, they can apply for an internship or mentorship with us. And they'll spend some time learning what we know when it comes to entrepreneurship, like Jermaine said, starting a business, how to get your business plan together, developing marketing strategies, pricing strategies, things of that nature. So we're trying to, you know, further arm our brothers and sisters as they're getting out of the military and not really leaving them out of the cold and introducing them to the programs that we know about. Right. So, yeah,
1: that's, that's great. And it's per- perfect segue. I was think, but how can people really reach out to you and get connected because you have such great services that can help, actually help anyone, but especially veterans, if they're transitioning or if they find themselves, you know, way too long at home, you know, isolated from people. You know, how can they reach out and connect
2: with you? So projectvet.com. If you go there, that's P-R-J-K-T, vet. And I'll give you the phonetics. That's uh, Papa Romeo Juliet Kilo Tango. Right, there, right,
1: right
2: there. Yeah, 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 are listening. <laughs> you can't see. Uh, so at projectvet.com, you can go in there. You can fill out uh, a form to request any type of, of service that you see on the site. Or if you just want to get in contact with us, reach out there. Our LinkedIn, and you should have access to our LinkedIn's uh, after this this podcast is is posted. And, and yeah, I, I really encourage people to give me a call just because I like to have these conversations, whether it be Zoom, I've reached out to a, a couple of Marines in the last couple of weeks, and we've just talked uh, about their transition, some of the things that they've experienced. And, and that's really what I, I like to do. I like to to understand what it is that you're dealing with and how we can help. So even if it's something that we don't necessarily do with ourselves, we're definitely here to connect you with the people that do. So
0: Love that. And then, you know, we're going to make it really easy. We're going to put uh, links to your LinkedIn and, and your URL in the show notes. We're after one click here, really trying to help connect folks. Love what you're doing uh, on, on, on a variety of levels. And it's really neat to uh, Kevin, as much as you and I collaborate, it's neat to kind of hear a, a, a wrinkle in, in all the stuff that you do. Kevin L Jackson. It's kind of it's <laughs> neat to kind of hear, you know, the world is so small. You start, you start really peeling the layers back and, and, um, you know, it's just really neat nice to see how, how how small the world is, and and but hey, yeah,
1: I really more. believe in 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 the mission and what Project Vect is doing, and uh, my daughter is even uh, involved also in helping some of uh, the gaming operations. Absolutely. And um, talk about network, uh, Ruth Cohen. He's a long long time friend of mine. We work together in cloud computing in the government, and we maintain that network. And he actually is, he's an entrepreneur and he and he started award pool so i got project vet in touch with award pool and boom man
0: <laughs> uh it's a beautiful thing and and, and huge things lie ahead uh, beyond all the all the great uh, service work you're doing for the veteran community so we look forward to to, to supporting the cause and any way we can here at veteran voices love uh jermaine and rod the time we spent here. Jermaine, anything else to add in terms of how to track you down? Are you are y'all both y'all active on LinkedIn?
3: Yes, yes. Uh, LinkedIn, definitely uh, hit me up. Uh, you can also email me. It's the same thing. Uh, just put a hyphen in between project and vet and like Jermaine yep. at projectvet.com. I'll, I'll respond.
0: You know what we didn't touch on really quick uh, to our listeners, and we we're talking pre-shows. Some of the different ways you can that you can get involved and in help support from funding the organization, right? Like like any early stage startup, whether you're nonprofit, for profit, doesn't matter. You're after that funding oftentimes, uh, so that that's a big opportunity. I, I believe volunteers or employees, even Jermaine and Rod, if that I think that's another opportunity. There's a third opportunity that I'm forgetting yes. right now. What, well, what else? I, I don't
1: know if this is the third opportunity, but if you're a gamer, jump on and, ga- and play games. I mean, go to Discord. You know, it's a community. You know, this happens. This works yeah. when you build community. Community by interaction. Absolutely. And that that third little thing there was, if anyone works for EA Sports
3: <laughs> and they want to give us ah, access yeah. <laughs> to the back into of their API, like it's for a good cause. For veterans help us
0: out we gotta yeah L- let's see if we can't do that we just interviewed someone that was formerly with EA sports and now she's in the freight tech sector and, and, and y'all probably have a lot better connections than I do I, I was talking about Madden football. Yes, well, man, and football. some of the other games yes, yeah, that, that yeah. Uh, I grew up, we, we all grew up with. Absolutely. So, But, hey, folks, get involved. Love what uh, Jermaine and Rod are doing. Uh, we've been talking with Jermaine Cohen, managing partner and co-founder at Project Vet, and his partner, Rod Lee, partner and co-founder at Project Vet. Big thanks for your time Thank here, you. Jermaine and Rod. I really, really appreciate what you're doing and look forward to reconnecting with you again real soon.
2: Absolutely.
0: But don't go anywhere because we're going to talk about you now like you're not here. Uh, so, Kevin, <laughs> I'm put you on the spot. I really appreciate you bringing this story to Veteran Voices and, and the Supply Chain Now family. Love what we're doing with you and, and Digital Transformers. But what's one thing that you heard Jermaine and Rod speak to here today that folks really need if they, if they forget everything else? What's the mm-hmm. one thing? Reach out.
1: Don't be afraid to reach out. You have friends everywhere. You're not alone, right? You're not alone in the world especially if you're in the military community, look at this. We got, you know, four people from different um, walks of life, different beginnings, different branches of the armed service. But look, we're all working together. We're all community. So reach out.
0: That's a wonderful uh, point to finish on there. So on behalf of our entire team here, Hey, thanks for joining us for this episode. Big thanks to the project vet team. Big, big thanks to my special co-host. Mr. Kevin L. Jackson, who Thank served in forget. the second best uh, aviation <laughs> no, kid. I'm, I'm a non aviator. I can't pick on you. Oh,
1: God, uh, don't, <laughs> don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. <laughs> but uh,
0: to our community and our listeners, hopefully you you can see how much fun. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode as much as we have. Hey, find us wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, subscribe for free. Hey reach out like Kevin just mentioned and, and uh, connect with Jermaine and Rod and the project vet team. There's a a variety of ways you'll get plugged in and and you help them help serve the veteran community. So really appreciate that. As always, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. If you're a veteran, you got a story to tell, reach out. We'll try to work into our production calendar. And um, as we sign off here, On behalf of Kevin L. Jackson and our team, entire team here at Veteran Voices, hey, Scott Luton challenging you to do good, give forward, be the change that's needed, be just like Jermaine and Rod here. And, And with that said, we see you next time here on Veteran Voices. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.
1: See you later.